Welcome to Sponsored by Nobody. This week, sponsored by Leaves. They fall and you pick them up. Then what? Um, it is November 2020, and you are listening to Leaves in the Jungle, Season 1, Episode 0. This is, game will be using the Wild Sea system and Wild Sea world setting. Um, so for this session, we're just going to kind of, we've just finished Episode 1. And we're going to kind of discuss our thoughts and feelings towards the game so far, as well as maybe hint towards some of the things upcoming in this season. Um, does Do people want to do a character description of their main characters, please? Uh, sure. Uh, my main character is a... a his name is Sitsuyaku, and he's a... Zelikray. Uh He is a solo shankling who specializes in wave running and surviving without a ship. He's surprisingly special looking because he's uh, hanging from his chip, his multiple armored plates, his different scarves and lanterns for signaling purposes. Very cool. Okay. Uh, someone else? Sure. Um, Oh. oh, yeah, go ahead, Biff. Oh, thank you. Okay, um, yeah, so my main is going to be Baruka, or Rook, because that is much easier for her shipmates to say, and also Scraps. And Rook is a ardent Shankling rattle hand, um, so she's the one who's mostly going to be holding the ship together, And but she's really not a fighter, so by her side, she's got her trusty hound Scraps, who is a very, looks like a very large dog, but their species evolved to be much better at tree climbing, so they've almost got kind of monkey-like limbs. Um, and Scraps is just, you know, her giant, adorable, fearsome puppers, who looks up for her because, she, I mean, like, she can climb trees and everything, like a Shankling can, but she's really not that great at fighting. She mostly just likes to become obsessive about everything that she can learn, you know, fiddling with the ship and putting things together and um, listening to stories and all that. She's also somewhat meticulous. She she likes things to have an, an order and a sense of rhythm and the kind of the chaotic nature of their world is not something that she's hugely comfortable with. And that's kind of why she wants to go into it so that she can make sense of it all and understand it. Um, and yeah, she she will get a little crazy if you try and rearrange her space for her because she knows where everything is and please don't touch that. Um, but, you know, she will also make you a lovely pot of tea once you have stopped touching her things. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm Dylan. I'm going to be playing uh, Jison Aoga. He's a, or it's a gal. And uh, functions as the char or the ship's cook. Um, let's see. Uh, about four and a half feet tall. Um, has flesh that changes tone based on mood, climate, climate and intent. Uh, and uses this for purposes of natural camouflage. Uh, generally bounds around the kitchen uh, atop his mechanical leg, singing... Uh, adapted opportunes and making food from questionable substances. Excellent. 
And lastly, but not least, uh, I'm Jonathan playing Gomez Moonglow, uh, also an Ectus. And don't you look at me like that, sweetie. <laughs> uh, Go- Gomez is named after uh, my youngest cat, and my wife was just giving me a look. <laughs> um, he's a uh, kind of an aging uh, cactus man. Um, but they have a knack for finding really good salvage and then fixing it up even more. So I'm hoping to really put together the aspects, uh, spit and polish and master salvager together. Uh, one of which, uh, can remove any neg- remove one negative tag from salvage that you find and the other, uh, improves the rarity of salvage so we can find that good stuff make it better and then sell it for even more <laughs> um they also have an ability to use any charts that they have to just find shipwrecks and disasters so i'm looking forward to figuring out how all that like how, how that engine in the system works um, very cool yeah, I've uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I, I loaded up um, whenever you while you're making a character, it comes in four steps, uh, you know, name and then the other three steps, um, bloodline, origin, and post. And each of those allow you to pick like, do you want like one of these things of salvage or whispers or specimens or charts? And those four things all do different things. And I just went all in on whispers and charts. So I have three whispers, three charts, and I'm looking forward to just burning through them as we play. Just exploring everything you can. Awesome. Oh yeah, just I'm just gonna pull every lever that you give me. It's it's gonna be good. I'm very excited. Um, yeah, actually, that segues nicely into um, character creation for this game is pretty cool. It's it's fairly straightforward and simple. Um, it's, it can be done in almost no time. Bev took less than three days to finish her character, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, um, for me. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, no, for uh, me, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But yeah. Um, so, no, it was... Well, yeah, Bev, you're kind of our newest player, for lack of better words. Yeah. I um, disagree so ha- with that. I okay, like sorry. He was player. He literally made a case character today. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, like our our newest, as in the person who's probably played the least RP, like tabletop RPGs. Oh, okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> the, the the you know, fledgling. Yeah. So what what would you th- how how would you describe character creation, Bev? Um. Well, yeah, like, um, I mean, like, I have done some tabletops before, uh, but I think, you know, like, what I've done, like, you know, like, some 5e and some Pathfinder, and when I'm doing those, I feel like there's always a little part of me that's, like, stressed that I didn't check all the boxes and get all my numbers and what's my bonus and my modifiers and, you know, like, all these. I, I literally, I'm always, like, in character creation pounding down my dm like almost like can you give me like a private tutoring session to make sure i got all the things because i don't think i did it all right and i'm gonna screw something up um so this process was very much like uh i like it. it's like okay here's your thing pick two of these i like these two okay you're done cool what are the other things uh those done and then it's and i was really surprised like when i first like saw like the character sheet and the coming through it and like going like oh 
there we go. I'm done. And I've got everything. And I can start to come up with who this person is now. Okay, cool. So yeah, I, I really did appreciate how it didn't feel like, 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 you know, when you're reading a contract and there's hidden fees, I feel like there's always hidden things I need to fill out. And I like Mm -hmm. how it didn't feel like any of that. It just made sense. Excellent. Yeah. Great description. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Anyone else have anything to add to character creation? Oh man, I, I loved it. Um, I learned to read on like old BattleTech and A D and D and what's the other one? Like a one of the old like just D six Star Wars role playing books. Oh man, um, yeah. I mean, I, I learned I, from Archie. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like. I could not read well enough to understand them because a lot of them are very complicated games. But then I come to this one, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, I threw a character together in about 15 minutes. Like, yeah. They weren't super well thought out, and when I was playing them, I was was uh, I was realizing that, uh, oh boy, I did not min-max that character at all. So I'm like, oh, I, I have, like, one die for this role. All right, well, oops. <laughs> that, um, I, but, sorry to interrupt here quick. Yeah. I, I will say, though, um, Min-maxing in this system doesn't seem to be too big of an issue, though. Because you, you cap out at six dice, I believe. And honestly, even if you have a zero in something, odds are you can still probably get two dice out of it if you are narratively good. Yeah, like, it was just kind of awkward because like my edges didn't really match up with the uh, skills that I picked. I was oh, like, that's oh, fair. Oops, oopsies, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't see that coming. Oopsie. But um, I'm hoping that my my main character, that Gomez, will be a little bit more smooth in that regard. Oh, yeah. And then there's also, like, with your edges and stuff, like, you can flavor them to work with different skills, too. Like, you can can go a little more abstract with some things, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyone else have some interesting notes on character creation? I feel like each each character, even though this template so far is really like strict, quote unquote, it's still like you can end up with a, a different character each time, just with like little minor tweaks, even with how limited yes. it is. So I'm excited to see what will happen with the full unlocking. Yes, actually, that brings up a very good point that I should have mentioned earlier. We are currently playing with the playtest rules as this game is on Kickstarter and has not fully been released. So these rules are in alpha or beta or whatever terminology you want to call it. These are not the finished polished rules we are working with. I don't even know if we're even working with the fully up-to-date Kickstarter rules currently. So please take everything we do and say with a grain of salt. Well, we're all gamers. We love salt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, um, chips, so, salty popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I know our first session is gonna be with like a, like one one group of people who are all just kind of like a little bit more heroic, a little bit more gung ho, and we're just kind of giving them four dice to all their stats because the main group that we're gonna play are the ones that uh, I think we just introduced on this episode. Yes, and yes. Uh, so once once we get into that group, that's when you'll see like okay do I have an advantage here? What is my edge that I'm using? A little bit more of that. Um, first group was just us 
stretching a little bit and also kind of setting up for what's to come. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The The first episode of this season is going to be, I, I gave everyone four dice to just kind of roll with and not, they don't need to build their own dice pools. They don't need to do any of that stuff because it's foreboding and foreshadowing. I'll leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, the, the first episode will be a little weird, but it, it was our it was our warm up episode. It was kind of it, we were testing our feet in the water, so to say. Um, episode two will excited to get off the rails in our custom carts. <laughs> our what did sorry? I'm excited to get off the rails in our custom carts. Yes, yes. This world has a no, lot to it, explore, and it's so fascinating. Yeah, there, episode one had very rigid rails. Episode two onward, there will be no rails. It will be this. This world is so wonderful for just exploring things and having fun. And the way they've done the narrative feel and the way they've almost forced, but in a good way, the inclusion of everyone's opinions on that narrative feel is excellent like starting every episode with just a fun narrative exercise is something they've done on the play tests and i will be carrying that through to our game as well how dare you (laughs) what are you trying to bring here whimsy (laughs) fun and frolicking i don't want fun for my games how dare (laughs) i want terrible punishment to creativity and risk the name is Buzz Killington, not Have Funnington. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyone have any other notes? Uh, let's see here. What about ship creation? So ship creation is kind of cool because you start out with six points to create a ship and then every character gets three points or stakes, they're called, so that everyone feels like they have a stake in character creation or in ship creation, I should say. What I really like about that, sorry, just really quick, is like when when you're doing when you're making your character, it's such an independent act, and I feel like sometimes by the time you start a campaign, it's like I have sunk all my time and energy into the me part of it, and now all you guys want to be your story, but like it's like a almost a collaborative character creation, and it kind of like starts some group bonding right off the bat, and I mm-hmm. I like that as a just as a way to make it feel less isolated. Yeah. Yeah, like sure. I I remember when we started building the ship and I was like, all right, everybody, I like compensating for things. So <laughs> I like the biggest ship. However, <laughs> I'm not married to that idea and you all don't have to ride my dumb jokes. So <laughs> So we you know, we compromised. Everyone was like, We 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 we'd really prefer like the standard size ship and I said, That's totally reasonable. <laughs> Also, yeah. we broke. You what? Sorry. Also, we broke. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. We have another. We have another sailor. That means we have three more points. Yeah, I was just wondering yeah. that. Although I did look at the ship. Did you guys mod it with his points? We did. I, I thought modified. I saw some. Yeah, they added some things. We we got a crane lifter thingy now. That's, a cargo that's good. crane. That's what else did we have? Our, uh, our salvage you- master. All right, and we also got. We've got more people. Yeah, you got the... uh, Here, uh, Dylan, do you want to discuss the ship creation? 
what you did? Well, I I loved it right from the get go. I immediately yeah. I immediately was like, okay, well, we need more saw. Obviously, we need more saw. Just need more saw. Um, <laughs> but then I I thought about it, and yeah, like as you were saying with the stakes, the way that uh, we all pitch in in a way that's not maybe necessarily for our characters themselves, right? For example, the the kitchen or the galley on the ship existed before my character even existed. I really wanted that. Exactly. And now that I can take advantage of that, I didn't need to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to throw a galley in because it already exists. Right. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, what can I do that's going to improve the overall success or take advantage of another character's primary strength? Right. And then I realized that we just have so many resources coming like we're a total non-combat party party boat right like all fishing all resources all the time and i was like yeah you know what system (laughs) (laughs) let's let's double down on that let's literally just farm dredge up all of the resources and then hopefully never run into trouble (laughs) (laughs) i love it i uh in uh one of the um what was it playtest games we made a ship that had five uh, like a rating of five in saws and that was awesome. And then we rolled it and it was like three two 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 one one. Or, or like three two 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 one. It was like, oh, oh okay then. <laughs> I, uh, too bad whoever it is we run into. And uh, yeah, we definitely ran into another ship. It, uh, it wasn't great. How did you change the gang up to be just different from the book? What's that? Um, Dylan. Yes. How did you change the gang up to be like different from the book? Oh, the um, the stargazers themselves. Yeah. Um. So, I was discussing this earlier, and I was thinking like a, a tribe of like um, nocturnal like moth folk, semi humanoid, right? Generally Ooh. quite quite creepy, right? And they spend all day hanging around in the rafters under deck, you know, not really doing or saying anything. And then at nighttime, they come out and they spend all night staring up at the uh, the stars and collecting like astral whispers, so to speak. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. I'm totally, um, as Firefly of this campaign, I am 100% on board with you guys flavoring things however you want. Like uh, Bev's pet, I believe she has, I think the actual, where it's, is it? It's, um, it's, it's supposed terrifying. to be a... Well, no. I think it's supposed to be what they say, like a lichen, like it, I, it's yeah, it's like a, a lupin. lupin. Yeah, it's a wolf. Lupin. Yeah, it's just supposed to be like almost a standardy wolf-like companion. I mean, again, people can flavor it however they want, I'm sure. But you might have some people saying, "Oh, it says here it's a wolf." Okay, it's a wolf. But Bev took that, and again, please describe your thing again for listeners. Um, what did I actually write? Because I, I, I wrote down... There's also a sketch, too. Yeah, the sketch yeah. is really cool. I don't it, know if we'll ever post uh, the it's, sketch, it's not, but... It's not a final sketch. It's just the first draft. That's um, fair. We, as players, have seen this sketch, and it is wonderful. So, <laughs> you're... <laughs> I'm not that good at drawing. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so if you know dog breeds, I was kind of just looking up larger dog breeds, and I um, I landed on uh, Leon Burger. Just seemed to have the right mix of large and you know potentially intimidating in a fight, but also adorable and floppy ears. Um, so how I described it is, if a Leon Burger's um, 
evolved into monkeys to survive. Um, so it's kind of, it's very dog-like, but the, the limbs have kind of grown longer and more like, like a primate or a monkey where they're just, they're longer and lankier and they have full fingers on both paws, much in the same way that a monkey does, but like, you know, like even longer than a human's would be. And the tail is prehensile and it can just, you know, like, so that he can crawl around and like, like something that, cause like, I can't really picture a big dog uh, living on treetops, but you know, a monkey dog, I totally could. Yeah. yeah. No, it's wonderful. And so like, or for example, um, Austin, you yeah. have the Sentinel Skywing aspect. So it says a watchful bird that scouts for you. But instead of having a regular bird, what type of bird are you having? I have a cordyceps infected red kite. Yeah, so you got this like epic zombie bird or like mushroom zombie kind of thing. Yep. Then yeah. I also have a spider companion too from my <laughs> race. And they, they hang out yeah. and, give, and give me all the secrets from the sky above. I get a bird's eye view on things. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm definitely all for you guys changing up this thing and narratively describing it however you want and how creative you can get. Because that this system really allows for that and really rewards that, I think, which is pretty cool. The system is also really forward on... Uh... Oops, all pet characters. <laughs> yes. Like you can just yes. come through it just, just everybody has like three or four either animals or just people who are animals and just it's it's so good. It's so good. I've I've heard some like kind of joke builds, but they're not really joke builds. Like we know. It's okay. Well, yeah. It's, it's like our spearmen think, are murlocs I, and our our, mm-hmm. our mantises are like mantis lemurs. Yeah. 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 Because I I really wanted a lemur pack, but, you know, we didn't have use for that. So we'll just make the mantises into lemurs. Yeah. Why not? Well, I I just kind of picture like, like, like mantises, but they're bigger and fluffier. Mm -hmm. With a lemur tail. With a lemur tail and like, you know, like the face is like halfway, halfway there. Yeah. I'm loving it. I'm imagining like some of the varieties are ones like those spider mantises or um, flower mantises. Mm -hmm. So when they sit still, they just look like flowers. Yeah. And your ship's just like absolutely gorgeous with all these like flowers and like lemur mantises all over. Oh, your ship's amazing. I feel like that was Illidan's influence. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like, you know, like for flavor, the idea of these things just kind of showed up in the interim. Just a ship in the beacon of the night glowing with, like, stargazers and <laughs> glowing mantises. Nobody and... can sleep because it's so glowing. <laughs> Ain't nothing Somebody but... turn down our ship. <laughs> turn your ship off. Uh, we can't. <laughs> the neighbors are calling. How? Uh, yeah. Turns out no, the strobe um... effect is just saying F you over and over again. <laughs> I I do wish that we had some kind of equipment that would let us get a free piece of salvage. Hmm. But we have a crane we, we, can, we can we can didn't ex- it didn't exist. So yeah, we, like we have mantis sentries, and the mantis sentries just kind of find a specimen whenever we either drop anchor or dock at a port. We'll, we'll save spearfishers. 
They and also eat. Fishers. They also eat the insects off the deck, so we don't have to worry about them. Should we have to have them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Spearfishers uh, get one specimen for us when we cut a path or dock at a port, and they deal and with rodents. Yep. And then stargazers get us a free whisper whenever we drop anchor or dock at a port. So basically, as long as long as, long as we're not a uh, what's it called a. Uh, pushing forward or forging ahead yeah as long as yeah. we're not forging ahead we get something <laughs> yeah nice. we remember too with with um dylan being the char he gets to use all the edible organic bits we get specimens yeah, yeah. that's the it, other specimens. the other advantage also to having that is that our um our engine is filled with bees and those run it's the the fuel for those according to the book is flowers and honey so yeah having a lot of specimens handy to feed us and feed the ship would go nicely yeah we'll, we won't starve that won't be our, yeah. our problem somebody could come and murder all of us but we have a monster we'll hunter be full bucks from our chef. uh gomez actually has one point in cook as well so he could definitely be like a sous chef excellent i, uh, I look forward to stop adventuring and open a ship restaurant <laughs> with a great sound system what's a little bit of hallucinogenic mushroom oh. between friends yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I um, I have hallucinogenic spores, so I highly look forward to uh, spiking the cu- cuisine, both for us and other people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my! <laughs> no, the uh, the sh- uh, char rule book or the char um, post, I think it is. Yeah, the char post. I apparently has been a well requested one, and so they made it completely canon just a little while ago which is pretty cool <laughs> um yeah uh okay so what about plane how did you guys feel about plane episode one how did it how did the game feel how did again episode one was a little bit weird and definitely a we're using the playtest rules and b i railroaded it hard and did a few fudging to kind of let you guys test the system uh, I'm not super confident on whether I should be like, like when you're dropping hints the way you were, whether I should be waiting for you to break or if I should be interrupting you to say what kind of type of skill I want to do in the moment. That's fair. Um, and that's, that's a play thing, but also I think, yeah, as we play more together, maybe, um, I tend to ramble. So interrupting me is not a huge issue, especially if you want to be doing something. But this game also is very narrative. So if you're just listening on it, like I'll give you some hints here and there as best I can. But if you want to do something different, feel free to narratively be like, oh, Ian's describing this beautiful mountain range in the distance. Well, I see this neat tree over to the left and I'm going to investigate that. Like totally the way this narrative system works, it's totally okay to do that. Okay, because I know like there's some things you're describing that scene. You're like, this is intriguing, and that's intriguing. I'm like, do I do I say I want to check it out? It, is that a hint? Is should should I be waiting? What what's the etiquette here? That's fair. That's it's fair. And that time for a character to just completely overhaul whatever the DM was saying to take things in a completely different direction. That's just how these games work. And that's the wonderful thing about this system <laughs> is because it's a narrative based system. It's okay to do that. There's not going to be any railroads for this. There's not, well, other than episode one. And there's not going to be any, like, if you if I tell you guys, like, oh, 
you heard a rumor about these really cool animals and you guys are like, we all hate animals. Um, that's fine. You guys can go off and do a different thing. Like, I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm not going to be worried about it. It's, you know, that's up to you. You're the, you're going on this adventure and I'm just along for the ride to help you as best I can. And with our setup too, I think we won't really have to worry about like, sure, we won't find salvage as passively as we do with all of our gang, but we can make it our point to go for salvage mm. to do the things that we're lacking. You know, yeah, the yeah, resources and specimens we're getting could supply us the ability to get better salvage. And now that we have that cargo crane, it means that we can like go in, find salvage, and be like, all right, we're gonna. I'm going to use the ship as an advantage because, like, we just have a crane. I don't have to yeah. carry this all you back can, with me. You can recover a whole vehicle yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we could get a real working car. I actually had an idea about having <laughs> you a You could get a mystery where... box and it could be a boat. I know. We, we've we always wanted <laughs> no! one of those. <laughs> oh, Family Guy when it was, when it was still... Play the crane gas again, guys. Jokes. It could be a Leviathan or a scary we'll take box. The box. So like you do not I, have time for me to go on rants about Family Guy, <laughs> right? <Ugh>. Okay, sorry, <laughs> Dylan. Dylan, go ahead there. Oh, I said we'll take the box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we uh, went for the mystery box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So Austin, you're right. Like it, episode one was a little weird, and we're still getting our feet as a group. Also, we're getting to know each other and how we play. Um, cause some of us have played together, some of us haven't, and some of us have played in different groups together and other stuff. So yeah, we're still feeling in all each other out, but no wrong questions. And yeah. Uh, any other comments about playing? Uh, I'm looking forward to doing it more. Yeah, I oh, actually man. really like the system. I'm like it's super excited for the setting. The setting just caught me so hard when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. like I, you know, I, I really started gaming with like third edition D and D. Like I got, I got, I bought the three handbook because three point five was just a thing people were talking about coming out in the future. Um, it was it was not a good game, but I didn't know any better. <laughs> And so like, I've gradually gone from like game to game and bounced around a little bit. I, I think that like a lot of people who like Fate would really like this game. Um, yeah. I mean, they might not like it just because it's not Fate, and that's fine. Like I, I get it. You know, you, you when you like a system, you know, you, you're like, this is the system I play. And that's that's yeah, well, fine. But I any I've I've, tr- I've tried Fate. I just I just don't like Fate. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, anyone who listens to our podcast, even a little bit knows that we jump system to system. We have a few favorite systems, but we, we do test a lot of systems and we do play a lot of different systems because every system has something there, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason people play it. Sometimes the reason personally might not be a good reason. Uh, and sometimes the reason might be a really good reason, but there's other things in the system that just don't mesh the same. So yeah, it's, it's neat to see different systems and play them. And as you say, like your, your first um, adventure into tabletop RPGs was 3.0. I believe I still have somewhere around here in the house, 
I have the original, I want to say it was like that starter box. And I want to say it was 3.0 as well. Or it was, it could have been even two, second Maybe. edition. Uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, a, I have. It's the, a bygone era. <laughs> yeah, I have that starter box somewhere. And I remember as a kid having absolutely, and I mean absolutely no idea how to play the game. But me and my friends would just make up stats, make up roles, and just role play and run around the entire house role playing and pretending and say we were playing D&D. But we genuinely were doing just creative kids stuff, mm -hmm. just with some different flavor to it. And we threw dice at each other once in a while because that was part of the game and we knew that. <laughs> we didn't know what the dice did, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited to see how our ship's combat goes. Like, our encounters with our ship. Yeah. Because we've got yeah, a, there's... we've designed such a, a floating menagerie of non-combat. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe my first, my character's first project needs to be just a single gun. Yeah. <laughs> or a net, you know, something to, to mess up somebody's Ooh, software. a net system. gun! A tiny net. Like those things that the cops started using. A tiny using. net is a yeah. death sentence. Like those things that the police started using, they're like... They're like front-mounted like belts that they just ram into people's tires and it jangles them up so they can't drive anymore. Last comments or statements about the game? Try it. Buy it. Play it. Try it. I love it. If you're curious because you hear everybody talking about tabletops, but like it's intimidating because the character sheet has a million things and there's so many dice and how do I modify? Try this one. It's much more, oh, that. Cool. Yeah, but it still has the meat of yeah. those more depth games. It's, which it's I love. got all the fun parts, but not all the ah, but this, all the math. Why am Great. I doing math for fun? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> full flavor, zero chewiness. It creates that interesting blend of there's not like a hard line between the combat and the narrative side, so your character mm. isn't just one or the other, or your game isn't just oh I like this and or I do, or I just like that. And it, yeah. it blends them perfectly well. Uh, several of you don't even have any attack stats on that note, which I is totally fine. Exactly. Like you, as you say, it narrative and combat blend together. Um, like, depending on your perspective, stealth could be considered a combat, sk combat skill, a.k.a. A staying the hell out of combat skill. <laughs> Very valid, yeah. <laughs> No, and that's that's the narrative aspect of it, right? Like you're using a skill. Heck, you could use cooking as a combat skill because you could prep ahead of time. Oil a very to the spicy, face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or a very spicy meal, and you like or throw it at them, something. Like, yeah, pepper spray. Just like yeah, take a pepper shaker to the face. Awesome. And on the note of pepper shaker to the face, I think uh, we'll <laughs> cut it there. And I was Ian. I was Austin. I'm still Bev. I'm Dylan. I'm Jonathan. And we were sponsored by Nobody. Signing off. <laughs>